episode 144 of No Laugh Track Podcast. That was Circle of Heat you just heard playing. Thanks to those guys for letting us play their music there. Uh, I am very happy. I didn't know if this was going to happen. I basically, I, I didn't get down on my knees, but I did beg if Lewis Lee could pull any strings to get Nick DiPaolo on the podcast this week. It's happened. Here you he definitely weren't on your knees. Neither was anybody else last night that I tried to hit on. But listen, <laughs> I, uh, episode 144. Yeah, man. Sake, that's way more than I've done. Uh-huh. Good for you, Justin. I know. Yeah, they What's let me. next, 145? We're hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I actually like to say that we've we've even done more than that, but we've lost some due to technical difficulties, oh. which is true. Really? Yeah, I've sat here. Uh, Henry Phillips, comedian Henry Phillips. What do you do? Spill a coke on the mic? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. There was some uh, something wasn't plugged in, and we sat here. <laughs> did the whole? Fuck- no, you didn't. Yes. No, you didn't. Did the whole fucking show? Was that you know whose fault? It was not Eric that day. No, I don't know whose whose fault that was. We don't point fingers here. That's oh, rude. I do. That's I, I love it. But no, I was I wasn't even six blocks away, and I got the text message: "Bad news. Like, you gotta be kidding <laughs> that would, me. That would fucking piss me off. Gotta be kidding me. So that's not gonna happen today, though. I was doing mine uh, last week. I do my, you know, through my computer and whatnot. Somebody showed me how to do it. Yeah. And I'm yapping away, and you know, there's like a red line that, you know, yeah, you can see it going across your screen. I mean, it's recording. Mm-hmm. And I'm yapping away, and I look out of my eye, and it's like purple, and it stopped. Uh-oh. And a message came up, uh, recording too slow or something, something too slow to record or whatever the fuck. I don't know. And then, you know, I go into a panic because I'm <laughs> not a tech guy. Yeah. But uh, then it started right back up again. Then I'm doing the rest of the show in my head going, how long was that not recording? Uh-oh. You know? But luckily, I had caught it. You know, after like a minute. That's and good. And then I sent it to this guy, riotcast.com, yeah. uh, Rob's Brantz, and he edits it or whatever, puts it out there. So oh, nice. He, he fixed it. You don't have to do that for yourself. Oh, Christ, it. I couldn't. I'd start <laughs> crying and shit my pants. I listened to your most recent. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What was I talking about? Baseball? Yeah, big, a little bit. Big po- Big poppy. Big pop. Yeah. Yeah. That bastard. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's right. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting that yeah. he was a twin. Yeah. And that, do you know, do you realize he uh, he met his girlfriend, which is now his wife, at uh, this club, uh, Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton, Wisconsin? What? Yeah. This tiny club that I do in Appleton, Wisconsin, I used to do, I haven't done it in a couple of years. Um, but he was in the he was in the Twins Farm League. So Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Goes Isn't it weird? that far? Yeah. Holy And he God. met her at... at, at Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton, Wisconsin. Was she working there? Do you know? Um, Did he even bring home a waitress? <laughs> no, she was the doorman. I think. No, <laughs> I, I don't know what she was. <laughs> I don't know what she was doing. And uh, that's where they met. And uh, yeah, I was talking about that on stage last night. How much I'm such a Red Sox fan, and that uh, you know, I wouldn't even do the uh, ice bucket challenge. People said, why not? I go, well, it's Lou Gehrig's disease. It's a disease that fucking kills people and is named after Yankee. I'm not going to try to. <laughs> why, why am I going to try to eradicate bad publicity for the Yankees? Fuck that. Damn right. I mean, when they come out with big pappy disease, I'll dump a bucket of cat piss over my head <laughs> to cure that. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, big poppy. Yeah. I mean, my God, has he been something for us? Yeah, I thought he was done a couple years ago. He had a bad start. I did, too. Really I did, bad too. And, yeah. and it's funny laughing. And this year already, well, he's only played two games, but I think he's like over six with five strikeouts. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but, you know, it's like 10 degrees out, and he's a warm weather guy. Yeah, how about this weather here? 
good time of year for you to come. Yeah, back it's great. I heard it's going to kick up into the twenties. <laughs> Fucking middle of April. Jesus Christ! There's snow on my deck this morning. It's on your deck. Deck. Oh, okay. Deck. All right, on your deck. Yeah. I uh, well, at least you have a deck. <laughs> they put me up on a lean-to. <laughs> Thank you, Lewis. Uh, no, I'm over at the. Uh, I don't want to say the name of the hotel, but. Uh, I don't know. I got a few people from uh, Somalia with babies in the next room. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Welcome to Section 8. <laughs> we have a continental breakfast from uh, fucking 5 a.m. to 5.02 a.m. Are you saying that the uh, popular population in Minneapolis, the uh, ethnic population, that that news has reached wherever you are? Well, yeah. I mean, Christ's sakes, you get ISIS threatening the mall on Twitter. <laughs> You know, I literally did have to make that decision. Like, am I being stupid taking my kids to Mall of America? You're not being that smart. You know? I mean, the odds are, you know, one out of 365. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be a good way to go, getting blown up while waiting for a fucking pretzel at Little Debbie's, whatever the fucking name is. Cinnabon. Yeah, Cinnabon. (laughs) Cinnabomb. That's right. (laughs) Let's, uh, we don't have a ton of time here. Let's talk about, um, you did your special here. I did my special here, another senseless killing, and uh, it was like 17 months ago already. I can't believe I was seriously. We were in here just like it was during day setting up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, another senseless killing. Uh, it's a DVD and and uh, you know uh, MP3, whatever you want to get at nickdip.com. If they put on the coupon code radio, they get uh, three bucks three off. bucks off. And uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's on iTunes too. But uh, if you want to save a little money, go to nickdip. Dot com and uh, yeah, it's been great. It's yeah. been it's been selling well on iTunes. It's you know it's in the charts, in and out of the charts. Nice. And it got it got as high as like number six when it came out and shit. And, Pretty and, good. Uh, I and, love the digital download of uh, comedy specials. I've been doing that, and yeah. then they're they're all usually really reasonably priced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Maybe you guys are getting robbed. To be honest, I don't. I, I, it makes me wonder. You know, no. I'm like, uh, well, I'll, you know, they're like, you don't have to put it in packaging and stuff. <laughs> But I but uh, if people come out tonight here at Acme, I'll be you know after the show I'll be signing uh, DVDs and CDs, yeah. which I never do anywhere, Justin. I never do that wherever. Really? I, yeah, hardly ever. I just but but I was talking to my comedy friends in the city. They're like, well, if you recorded it at the club, you know, people would like yeah. maybe they might have been there that night. Maybe mm-hmm. they'd like a, you know. Have you ran into anyone? That was here yet? Uh, not one was person. No. Well, no, there were actually. Last night, there were a yeah. couple of people that said they were at the taping. So, yeah, this is my favorite club. And I, 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 I'm I, always singing the praises of this place to what, everybody. Yeah, what was the uh, first time? How? What is your history with Acme? Well, it's funny. The first time, I, <laughs> I did Knuckleheads a couple uh, times. Uh-huh. Mall of America Club, long gone. Well, yes. And... Um, some guy gave me like a really shitty write up, and it, I don't mind if somebody, you know, if if I wasn't good that night, you know, what I mean, but but this guy just distorted the truth, saying like I bombed, which, you know, what I mean, yeah, and he I was don't. singing the praises of the feature act, which was a girl, a woman, excuse me, and her her big closing bit was about the clapper, mm. you know, the thing you clap in the lap, uh-huh. and he loved her, and he hated me. He's like he go, he goes get there late and leave early. Holy shit! And just destroyed me. So I, 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 somebody gave me his home number, one of the other comics or something. And I fucking left a heinous message for like three minutes. You really did? <laughs> oh yeah, I went. I, it started by going, "What did I fuck your sister? <laughs> what kind of review was that, you lying cocksucker?" And I just went off for like five minutes. 
And then somebody told me, like, two days later, he was in the hospital in critical condition. Oh, my God. He had, like, blood clots in his lungs. So something good came out of it. I, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I hope he's all right. I wouldn't want him to die over it. But he said I died, so. Uh, uh, yeah, that was, so anyways, yeah, so I, I didn't even know about that review in the paper. Mm-hmm. I come over here because I just wanted to see Acme. I'd never been here. Oh, okay. So the comic I'm working with, one of the comics, brings me over to him. Right? Yeah. I get here. They introduce me to Lewis. As I'm shaking Lewis's hand, some comedian who works here, who I hadn't met yet, hands me the paper with the, st- the review in it. That was fresh. This it was fresh. fresh. review. Yeah. I didn't even see it till I get here. No. I open it. I almost start crying while I'm reading it. And, I, and I'm like, did he see it? Did Lewis see it? And I'm like, well, I guess I'll never work here. Oh, no. But because Lewis is the genius that he is, uh, he had me here. I don't know how much longer it was after that, but okay. it wasn't much longer. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the best. It really is. Yeah. For a million reasons. Mm-hmm. Listen, you young comics. For the first reason, it's phys- the physical, the room, the physicality is perfect. The low ceiling, mm-hmm. which is a key to any comedy club. Uh, you know, the, you go to these improvs they're building. You can hit fungos and practice your punting. And I don't. Hit the, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to be in an airplane hangar. Yeah. No. To comedy. No, no. Exactly. So this place physically is tremendous. No bad seats. And that, and it really is true, that Minnesota Polite, I haven't had to tell any, and this is, again, I praise Lewis, he has these crowds trained to mm-hmm. behave when they come in. Yeah. And and they and you guys make the announcements beforehand about not talking, but you make it clear. You don't just, yeah. you don't mumble it while they're playing loud music like most clubs. We're going to give you a cell phone. We, we don't want to kick you off, but we will. That's exactly. the message. Yeah. And I've been here five or six times, uh, maybe more than that. And last night was the first time somebody's phone rang. Yeah, I was here. I you, yeah, you yeah. saw it, Justin. And the girl shut it off before the whole, the, it didn't even ring complete one ring. That's true. And she got all, like, embarrassed, which is different in New York. The, whoever, if that was New York, somebody would just answer the phone and started yapping. Staring at you, like, what the fuck, what are and, you looking and, at? Yeah, and yeah. I'd go, can you shut that off? And they'd give me the finger while they're talking. <laughs> they, and therein lies the difference. Yeah. But these people hang on every word. And, and I mean... It really is. It's like playing to a sober audience, hmm. which is a good thing, believe it or not. People always think it's drunk audience, right, right. which is total bullshit. Right, right. All the, I, yeah, the early right? shows are often the better ones, right? I, I, I guess. I. It's changed for me over the years. It's weird. It used to be the, that the late show was the more rowdy one. Yeah. But, but that's not... For me, that hasn't been true lately. I don't know why. It's like... Uh, I don't know, these younger people that come out even for the late show are more well-behaved than when I was younger than the second show. I I can't explain it. Hmm. Maybe I've developed enough of a following where they actually behave, you know, I I don't know. They're coming to see you. Yeah, kind of. Hey, I want to know, you you kept pointing at the sign last night, this this beautiful multicolored Acme sign that's on the stage I mean, it doesn't look bad in real life, but... What are your thoughts on the sign? Well, it was in my special, uh-huh. and I, I was actually going to have it. Uh, what's the What's the technology? The CGI that you can have it taken out, or like but photoshopped or something? It's not photoshopped. Yeah. There's another thing that you can send it to a company, but it's very expensive to do. And they will they digitally can, take they it can out. They can digitally take wow. it out. But I didn't want to spend that kind of. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because the first few people I showed the special to were bugged by the sign, like by idiot agent. Ah, it's kind of distracting. I said, it's because you have the attention of a crack baby, you dummy. What the? People have stuff behind. Yeah, I, I've I don't watched know. a million comedy specials. People put crap and si- neon signs and words. Do they? And, well, what the specials background? are you watching? Comedy Central specials have that all the time. Well, they have. No, you have tasteful set it. You have what, like, 
I had the best background ever on my Comedy Central special. What was it? It was the. Um, it, I had it set up like a, uh, so it looked like a library or a bookstore with uh, naked mannequins, like white naked mannequins. Yeah. It's just, just fucking cool. There's mannequins <laughs> reading books, and they're all like, and it looked awesome. I, I asked them, I said it, they they asked me, and I said, kiddingly, I don't know, get a bunch, I said, get a bunch of naked mannequins like in a library. And I, and I said that off the top of my head, and they, and they go, it. we can do that. I go, you can fucking do that. They go, yeah. I go, then do it. And I come in for like rehearsal or whatever to see the set, and it looked thirty times better than I pictured in my head. No shit. Yeah, it's funny you mention it. I'm on the plane on the way out here, and uh, there's a lady in front of me with a laptop, and I'm looking through the crack in the seat, and she's watching Anthony Jeselnik. Okay. And I don't know which special it was, but it was so beautifully shot. He had like his red and blue spotlights behind. I don't know if it was com. It might, it might have been Comedy Central, unless he's done another one since. Huh. But it really. <laughs> looked fucking unbelievable. Has anyone told you since then, uh, since you recorded, and then uh, now you've got the Nobody's feedback? mentioned it. Has anyone said to you this, though, that you could have changed, you could have taken it down, you could have changed, like, the background? No. To your, yeah. Because other people have recorded here, and they've had that taken down. They've put up their own lights. They've changed the color of the background. What the fuck? I know. In what hindsight. an asshole I yeah. But, but here, here's what... I have so much respect for this place and for Lewis. Yeah. I felt like, no, you know what? He deserves the publicity. Well, I, I look at it that way too. So. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm not, but now that I know that, I'm pissed. <laughs> Son of a bitch! The guys, the guys who were shooting it should have told me that. Bastards. But, uh, hey, I want it since we uh, since we just met. You just mentioned Lewis again. Yeah, you should say he got a nice um, mention on the Jimmy Fallon show on the Tonight Show this week. Yeah, I heard Louis, Louis C.K. from was your buddy about Louis him. C.K. Did he really? Yeah. Now why? When Louis comes here, he must do big theaters. Does Louis book him in those? Uh, I think. Well, Acme has a hand in a lot of the theater shows they, they do, do here. But he, you know, he. I think it, it's been several years since he's been on this stage. Yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah he he told the story on the Tonight Show the other night about uh, after doing a week here, and then after the shows, Louis Lee, the owner, handing him a envelope. Yeah. With ten grand, and yeah. saying, "Here, you deserve this." Yeah. Yeah. And he broke down and cried. Who did? Louis. No, he didn't cry. Oh. Gee. Huh? That's what he's saying. Oh, he broke down a crown and he got the envelope? Yeah. yeah he, was, he was expecting 15 grand. <laughs> <laughs> Motherless fuck. I, uh, no, Louis, this guy, same here. He pays me what we think we should be getting paid. You yeah. know what we think we deserve. Yeah. And it, it, it makes me almost want to go to the other clubs and go, hey. Shithead. <laughs> I was just at Acme. I right? did five shows. Uh-huh. Look what I got. Yeah. And look what you get. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it took a while to get to that. But yes, there's nobody more fair and, and money-wise. Yeah. People are going to think I'm Louis's Lu- Lu- life partner if I keep talking. Like, I'm talking about the owner, not Louis C.K. He was my roommate, actually, for a while. Are you on a, his show's coming back? Are you I on did a season? Cu- I did a couple episodes yeah. of Louis. Nice. And uh, f- he's so goddamn funny. It's always uh, like... It'll be scripted, but then you know, he'll th- he'll throw something dirty in, and then tell me to run. He's always gonna throw in some dirty shit. That's what I love about him because he's a awesome. smart comic. Yeah, but he likes to dip into the filth for no reason. So my scene with him, we're in a, an Italian pastry shop, and we're just sort of walking along and looking at the food in the glass cases, and we're talking. Uh-huh. You know, then he starts eating a cannoli, and I said something like, "You know, that's raccoon coming there." Some. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, really? How do they get that? I go, there's an old guy by the dumpster. He sits out back in a lawn chair with a rubber glove. 
<laughs> he just lets me make it up, and he and he goes, "That's pretty funny." He leaves it, and then he'll throw something funny in. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, what is better than that? I was there, and he worked so fast. We were there for cup three, maybe two hours, I think. And then I left like a hundred dollars worth of Italian pastry. The guy that owned ah, the nice. shop knew who I was because I'm half Italian, <laughs> and obviously knew Louis. But uh, yeah, that is so much fun to watch him work, man. It's got to be great working with a friend. It's, is it different when he's uh, you know bossing you around a little? Or is it not little? He, but it's not like that. He, but it's not like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I even bust his. You know. So I so that was the first episode. Then the next week I came back and did another one. It took place at the Comedy Cellar at that table mm-hmm. where a lot of the scenes take place, and um, we're doing it, and you know we're switching it up and stuff. And and you know that that one took a few, two three hours. And then at the end he goes, I go, why don't we say this? And he goes, Nah. He goes, I'm probably gonna fucking throw this all away anyways. <laughs> I go, come on, Louis. I go, for Christ's sake, I need the FaceTime. He starts laughing. As a, and I say it in front of everybody, you know. And uh, he's, no, he is one of my favorite people yeah. in the frigging world. Yeah. Before he was famous. Mm-hmm. He's just a very interesting, smart guy who deserves. This guy edits his show. He edits that show on his laptop while he's sitting, like, at Starbucks. I mean, he makes it look too easy. You know and you I mean? send your podcast to somebody. Uh, exactly. Do I ever? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the worst for that shit. So uh, he he's he is something to watch. But I mean, this guy writes it and directs it and acts in it, and he can act. I mean, Woody Allen uses him in a movie. Yeah, I mean that part surprises shit out of me because I've known Louis since we came down to, from Boston to New York together. Yeah, and lived together for like yeah, and and you know that was the last part of the business he was interested in. The act he hated famous people and he always made fun of people. And now he's on the cover of the, you know, the fucking... Oh, everything. A cover of everything. Yeah. It's so odd to me. And it's a little depressing. I'll be, uh, I'll be doing a funny bone in Green Bay at 7 in the morning. <laughs> I'll, be at a, I'll be at a red light going to morning radio. It's snowing out, and a bus will pull up with Louie's face on the side of it. <laughs> Number one show in America. You motherless fuck. <laughs> so, but honest to God, he's the only guy that I don't... Us comics, you know how we are. Oh, yeah. Friends start getting shit, we get a little jealous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have I none of that feeling with, with Louis because I know how talented this guy is. Yeah, that's good. What? How, what's your thought on your on your own acting? Do you like doing that? We should do I more. I really do. I I, I I don't like it as much as stand up. Some people like I know like Robert Kelly likes acting more. Um, I like this, uh, but but it's fun. Now I just did something with Amy Schumer, and I don't I don't I don't I don't. Kind of uh, reticent to disclose. I, I did this uh, thing in February, and I was told the episode was going to air in uh, April or May. And then last night on Twitter, somebody mentioned the episode oh. and said it was awesome. But I, so I don't know if it aired last night. I don't want to say anything. But um, I was at the center of the whole episode, and I got to really act. Oh, and Paul Giamatti was in it. Whoa! And Jeff, a real Go- actor, a great actor, yeah. Giamatti, who I love. Paul Giamatti, uh, Jeff Goldblum, this guy John Hawks, who you might know from um, Deadwood. He was in a movie. That, do you remember The Perfect Storm? Yeah. Uh-huh. He was the guy at the bar trying to pick up the ugly chick. He, he's one. <laughs> I didn't never knew his name, and I, I always loved this guy as an actor. When I found out it was him, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. He's from Minnesota, by the way, oh, John okay. Hawks. He's from Minnesota. He went to St. Cloud. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and the guy uh, that plays Pete Campbell from uh, Mad Men, he was on. So these are real actors. Yeah. And and my my character was at the center of the whole episode. So I don't look, look out for that guy. It might have aired last night. I, again, I don't know was how this it guy Amy knew Schumer's about. Amy Schumer's 
show? Yeah. yeah. Inside Amy Schumer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a takeoff on an old movie, a black and white movie. So he shot it in black and white. Wow. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever been involved in. The writing was just brilliant. Amy and, and Kurt Metzger and whoever else writes on the show. It was funny from beginning to end. Nice. And and, and I don't say that often, even when I'm in shit. But, uh, <laughs> right on. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, Je- you said Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. What is he like? He was just what you'd expect. Just a cool... Almost hippie-like, uh, kind of a Buddhist mentality. You know what I mean? I just, love him. I, I would love to spend time with that guy. Just watch him. Can't you tell? And, and that's what we did. Yeah. We we stood there, and he's at the head of the table, and, and, and you know, it was a bunch of guys. The whole scene takes place in a, like a courthouse. Uh-huh. And we're watching him, though, like in between takes. He's going, oh, he looks like, uh, he reminds me of Ralph Macchio, and he kept doing these combinations of people that were funnier and funnier. And when my scene, I had the big scene coming up at the end, and we were on the set for like 14, 15 hours, and uh, he kept giving me the thumbs up, knowing my scene was coming up. I mean, just a positive guy. That's awesome. Yeah. No, he's everything you thought. He's a uh, kind of a West Coast, mellow, yeah. just really likable, Yeah. you know? And I kept cracking jokes, and he'd be like... He'd give me like a dirty look. You know, I was busting his chops back. Oh, I love it. But uh, yeah, he, and Giamatti too. Giamatti couldn't have been cooler, man. Giamatti goes to me after my scene. He goes, man, you got to do more of this shit. Look I go, at really? That. <laughs> okay, we'll see. So hey, God bless Amy uh, for, for, you know, let me do that. Yeah, that's awesome. A- Amy's a funny chick. What, uh, before we're out of time, I have to ask you yeah. about, uh, I have some very strong feelings. No, I don't, but... Uh, <laughs> this last roast they did on Comedy Central. Yeah. I don't understand why a guy like Justin Bieber ends up being the target of a roast. Well, I do. Why? It's very simple. TV, the bottom line in TV is the bottom line. To get young people to watch Comedy exactly. Central? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you can say what you want about Justin Bieber, but he's going to draw attention. Yeah. To Comedy Central. Yeah. Because he's got a fucking huge following. Yeah. Perfect demographic, like you said. And, I mean, let's say he's a perfect punching bag. So, I mean, I think he, he made he, that made natural sense. And that, and he volunteered that he wanted Dante. You know, he volunteered. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as who they choose and stuff, the, it, the roast has all changed since I've done it. The whole philosophy is, you know... They're like, well, you know what? We're going to get, they don't have to be comedians. We'll get writers to deliver this. And, and I got to be honest, a lot of the material is very good that they wrote. People don't, people don't know the difference. The average person, you do because you're around comedy and stuff. People don't know. The average schmuck that turns in doesn't realize that ma- the girl that plays Marsha Brady fucking didn't write those jokes. Right. They right. really don't right. know. No, it's comics I've probably met. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of that shit was really funny. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, you know? No, I hear, I, uh, <clears throat> I didn't watch the whole thing. I caught the end of it one night. Uh, yeah, everyone's saying Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Stewart. Delivered I mean, some good, good lines. The stuff that they wrote for her yeah. was. Perfect for Martha Stewart. Okay. So I got to give them props, man. I tell you. Yeah. As much as I like to be a part of that shit, because like I said, there's a zillion people watching. Yeah. That Pam Anderson roast I did, I mean, that was one of the things I get recognized most from. Oh, hell know? yeah. But that that's the difference, though. When we did those back then, us comics, we wrote our own shit. You know, I mean, we wrote our stuff. Geraldo wrote his shit. Yeah. I remember me and him sitting together on the plane writing shit about Pam Anderson on the way out. You know what I mean? Oh, I bet that was fun. <sighs> Dude. I mean, and then Colin Quinn, actually, you know, I used to call him and go, hey, I'm roasting Pam Anderson. And, he, you know, he he is so 
people have no idea how funny and brilliant he is. Yeah. He's on the phone. He, he came up with about 11 lines. But I, I, you know, I, I think I used one or two. I'm like, stop. I want to do my own shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. But he, they were just flying off the top of his oh. head. And all those guys, Norton, and, and that's right in our wheelhouse. We're funny and mean. I mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. that's what most comics are. Yeah. I mean, it's a wet dream to write funny, mean shit. Yeah. It's like a fastball down the middle right, right. for most comics. Yeah. So, and get a know? pat on the back for it. Ah, and, good job, good job. Yeah. More. Yeah, more. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, uh... Pete Davidson, I mean, who I, I you know, his, he lost his dad in 9-11 in one of those towers. I mean, he even joked about that. That's a comedian. <laughs> See, that's a comic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so They say make it personal. That's when you really find your voice. I guess that's pretty well, personal, yeah. right? Uh, but, I mean, to joke about that's a comic. Yeah. Because to, to real comics, in my opinion, there is no line. Even if it comes to my family, you know, yeah. I, uh, whatever. I just don't believe in that line because your line might be 500 feet away. Mine's a foot away. Yeah. Or whatever, vice versa. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so when people go, did you go over that line? There is no fucking line. That's all in your head. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Pete Davidson proved that. So that, that was actually a pretty good roast, I thought. And I don't usually watch them, but uh, so many people on Twitter, how come you're not doing this? Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm like, they do. They don't call me anymore. Bastards. Mm. Bastards. Well, that. Well, no, we got a few more minutes. Good. Here. We got a few more minutes Good. here. Hey, I want to know if this is true. I hate. I don't. I, I don't usually uh, use Wikipedia as a resource because. Anybody, I, you know, I don't get Wikipedia. I don't get we the can whole, whatever we want. I don't get what that. I, I don't understand Wikipedia the concept. Yeah, but sometimes I, uh, I I do look just to see what it says. And on yeah. yours, it says for influences, the only person it names is Robert Klein. Is that accurate? I. L- not he's not the only, but he's one of them. Okay, I lo- I still love him, even you though do. he's past his peak. Uh-huh. You know the specials. He still there's something about his delivery, and in the '80s when he used to come on Letterman, yeah, I, I, he was just smart and and still is. He's just I love that Robert Klein that delivery. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. uh, George Washington and the founder of our country created the greatest government of all time and. He came up with inventions, and we celebrate his birthday with a mattress sale. And, <laughs> I mean, that type of shit. Yeah, I just yeah. love that delivery yeah. and absolutely love him. And lately, it's funny, people have been asking me, and his name always comes from— But, but you know, when I was 15, I saw that Richard Pryor movie and, and just went, oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, George Carlin, everybody had that—kids that were older than me, my sister's age, had Class Clown, the album. Sure. So all, all that shit. Even Jay— Jay Leno, I bring up, and people, you know, I go, you have no idea how funny he was. When he, go Google him when he used to do the Letterman show. Letterman would have him on like three times a month. Yeah. Google that and just see how friggin' funny he was. I mean, he would just come in and take over. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, that really influenced me because I was a huge Letterman fan. But when I saw how funny Jay was, and he grew up, I grew up right in the same yeah, area as right, Jay. Right. And uh, so he had a, Jay had a big influence, that sarcastic Boston and then I saw him at Nick's Comedy Stop, like in the 80s. And, um, yeah, I mean, I saw him do like two hours and 20 minutes. I think it was two, two hours and 20. It went by like it was 20 minutes. Yeah. I couldn't believe how good and tight and funny, sarcastic, and and and, and people don't believe. They only know him. This old generation knows him from The Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing the middle-of-the-road stuff. But just it speaks to his talent. He can give you whatever you want. I mean, he's a bit of a genius. Yeah, yeah. You know? He, he was an amazing comic. Still works, you know. Never stopped. Mm-mm. Never stopped, and he still gets on a plane. You know, yeah. I mean, he's scary like that. Yeah. If you had the money he had, would you keep working? Oh, I'm a lazy fuck. No, <laughs> I'd be fishing with Tom Bernard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. I, I I'd do it a little bit, but I mean, Jay is. 
I, I you know I do it a little bit, but nobody. He's got that Scottish work ethic. Nobody could keep up with him. Yeah. I mean, even when he's doing the Tonight Show, which is huge responsibility and a ton of work. I mean, then on the weekends he'd go to the Comedy and Magic Club and, and yeah, fly to Minnesota and do a and, casino show. Yes, and also get paid like a quarter million dollars. <laughs> well, there's that. Could you sit home? Not. <laughs> could you sit home knowing you lose a half mil or whatever? Could you sit home watch? That mm. might fucking. But a lot money. of things I'd do for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Never mind comedy. Yeah. I have my wife whacked. <laughs> I, uh, what do you mean? I have to pay to do that. What am I saying? But, uh, yeah, so um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I saw that you did that uh, Larry Whitmore. That's his name? Yeah, right? Larry, uh, well, uh, the nightly show. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, I, I knew I was getting set up. I, I know what those shows are. I mean, come on, he replaced Colbert, that yeah. slot, and it's a bunch of liberal jerk-offs who I fucking hate, but... Uh, you got to let them know every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. You got to speak. You, you know, I knew I was going to get set up. They made me look like an ass. And but Larry Wilmore's a good guy. You know, what I mean, he's doing what he does. Yeah. And and my agent goes, ah, go ahead, down. You know, graded by. And then then I'm up, then I'm fighting off these assholes on Twitter for the next two weeks. You know, all his fans. Oh no! Uh, God forbid they had a dissenting voice on the show. Oh. But Larry seems like a good guy. So, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if I, if I do that again. <laughs> but uh, you got to let them know there's another side to uh-huh. the argument. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah. So the, the, you know, tough crowd. They need a show like Tough Crowd mm-hmm. to balance that shit up. Hell yeah. They, they, they. they it just shows you how skewed it is the other way. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. Tough crowd was great. <sighs> Freaking Ed Mordal on there. Was he on? Dave Mordahl? We had him on, right? Yeah. Yes, we did, didn't uh-huh. we? Yes, we did. Yeah, he's perfect for stuff like that. He's funny, man. He, yeah. He's very understated. Even uh-huh. today on the radio, he'll yeah. just throw in a line. Yeah. He was talking about some benefit they did for some guy that died. Uh, his snowmobile, like, s- caved in in a lake, you know, in the winter. Sounds fell, like someone Dave would know. Yeah, yeah it fell through the ice. Yeah. And, and so they did some benefit for him. He goes, well, we'll do a benefit. The guy's body. The guy's body's not even warm yet. <laughs> Just he mumbled it under his breath. I was belly laughing. <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy, Dave. Yeah, oh. a lot of funny people out there. Oh my goodness! Uh, they told me we have a half an hour. It's been a half hour, Nick. I don't care. I got nothing to do. You got nothing to do? Yeah. Keep I mean, rolling. Yeah, keep rolling. Eric, we good? Sweet. All yeah, right, I'm fine. Let's keep rolling. Well, I you brought up Artie Lang. How is he doing these days? I see Artie around the clubs here and there. Like a bump him with a comedy cellar, and one night he'll look horrendous and like he's a minute from death. And then the last time I saw him, he looked pretty good. Yeah. He cut his hair and shaved and lost a few pounds. Okay. I don't know of a tougher person as far as, you know, liver and kidneys and how they haven't given out yet. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't think you could kill him with an elephant tranquilizer. He's just... They've been, they've been predicting his death for oh, years. Oh, yeah. yeah. For years. Mm-hmm. And I, I go, you know, some people... He's just... he's. Some people you can't kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Artie's a good guy, man. He's a, you know, he's he'll doing it. Fa- he'll never fall through a lake on a snowmobile. No. Right? It, no, exactly. <laughs> no. A guy like, no, exactly. You're not going to, that's not how he's going. No. I don't want to say how I think he's going. But. Uh, no, please don't. It, it involves a Ferris wheel here at the Mall of America. <laughs> no. <laughs> In a can of Schlitz. No, uh. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's doing his own podcast too now. Oh, is he? Okay, he, he does it like you know, right out of his apartment in in Hoboken. I think he goes. Yeah, I, he goes. He goes. I do it. I, he literally does it in his kitchen. He goes. I've been late three times. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's you know he's serious when he says that. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to bring up a couple things that I saw. You busted me for taking notes last night during the show. Well, Justin, Here's... nobody introduced. I, I I didn't remember you from the radio. No, I which was four that. years ago. So yeah. yeah, I'm on stage last night and I looked down and there's a guy fucking jotting away with a pad and pencil, and I'm go. I go, what the fuck, dude? And he goes, I'm interviewing you tomorrow. <laughs> and I get nervous because I was at the comedy cellar years ago. Uh, and I looked down, and there's a young guy, like, in the second. The comedy cell is tiny. You uh-huh. can see anybody. The guy's, like, eight feet from me, and he's jotting away. And he's got his head down. So I stepped on into the audience and grabbed the pad right out of his hand. He wasn't even, you know, scared the shit out of him. Of course. And I look, and he's got all my premises written down. So I just tore him up right on stage, right in front of him. Everybody starts, the place is going crazy. I bet. I go, what am I, working for you, bitch? Yeah. It's like a fucking open micer from New Jersey. You know, he's writing my shit down. What a bastard. The fucking balls. He didn't have the brains to, to record it or, or hide in the back. You know what well, I mean? That actually, that crossed my mind. I was, I was driving home last night because you, <laughs> you told me a little bit of that story. And I thought, you know, what, what, if I actually was recording or if anybody thought to do that, I'd just freaking start recording on my phone. Yeah. Don't give people ideas. But uh, don't do that. I, I, well, Buy I, the DVD, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Dip, D-I-P dot com. And it's three dollars off if you put in the coupon code radio. Um, go get it too, because seriously, and don't let your mother or your you know children watch it. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a thing. It's 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 a. Uh, I say fuck a lot in it, but it's really funny. <laughs> some of it's clean, some of it's dirty, some of it's tasteless, but it's all really funny. And uh, Louie watched it and fucking loved it. CK. Oh yeah. Think. Yeah. Nice. I had a whole chunk in there about the Food Network. He made, he said, take it out, so I did. And I never listen to anybody. You know? I'm like, ah, fuck him. What's he know? He only made a million dollars selling right. it on his own website in 24 hours. Yeah. He made like a million bucks. Literally. Did you uh, did you ever go, hey, maybe could we put a you know link on your site to sell it? Yeah, but he had just done it with Todd Barry, and he goes, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore or whatever. And I said, you're okay. Right, I did see that. The the him pitching Todd Berry's yeah yeah you're right yeah. Yeah. and I said so so I said Lou you went with a Jew over me you fucking no I love Todd Berry too uh, so <laughs> Louis starts laughing his ass but uh, it's enough that he puts me in his shows and stuff <laughs> but man um, yeah so it's it's selling well and it, and it looks good we shot it here yeah and uh, there was a girl in black and white stripes in the front row she's like. She's on camera more than I am on oh. the special. I'm hoping she shows up and thanks me this weekend, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, simple hello. It's simple. But she, she she was sitting right over there and, and giggling at everything. Nice. You know? Even the really hard. I'm doing shit about, you know, Match.com and girls being murdered after they meet guys on the internet. Yeah. And she was cackling like... <laughs> You must see it all the time in your uh, show where it's where if there are couples in the audience where the guy looks over at the gal. For- sometimes. For a, hey, is it okay that I laugh at him saying cunt? And, sometimes, you know? sometimes, but, uh, you know, if the girl's not laughing, I go, would you marry a cunt? Uh, no. <laughs> they, they, uh, no, they, they, it's funny, when when they come in a couples, they usually both are fans of mine. Yeah. Most of the times. There'll be sometimes with a girl, you know, I love it when it's like a first date, you know. That's perfect. Yeah. That's a great, I'm like a great litmus test. If a chick is cool or not, at uh-huh. least comedy wise, doing guys favors right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm smoking them out. Uh-huh. If she if she was upset by the shit, you don't want to bang her the next five years. She's no. a, she's a fucking pair of toilet shoes. I was here with my gal last night, and she laughed throughout the whole thing. So, and a lot of times we just sneak out of here right away, and she goes, "Should we go talk to him before we leave?" <laughs> she she wanted to come meet you, so there you go. What happened? I would have liked to meet her. <laughs>
How old is she? I, I heard 17 on Wednesday. The uh, That reminds me that I don't want to blow the, I'm not going to blow the uh, joke you used in case you're going to say it again, what? but uh, when you first came out last night and uh, acknowledged the youthful face of the MC working this week. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, Mike, right? Mike Early. Yeah. I've never met him. Uh, the first time I'd seen him on stage, he was good. I know. He's funny. Yeah. No, he's got, that kid's got a future. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Early. He's uh, 25. But he, 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 he looks, honest to God, he 16. looks like he looks at 16. That's no exaggeration. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe how young that. And that's when I, when I met Louie, I started doing comedy. I was 25. Met Louis C.K. in Boston. He's six years younger than me. So, yeah. Yeah. So he was 19, and he'd, he'd already been doing it a year or so. Isn't that crazy? So he started at like 17 or 18, Louie. What were you, you know? going to do? I was going to be a welder. No, uh, what was I going to do? Yeah. What do you mean? As a career, well, you, you, until 20? Oh, before I actually got on stage? Yeah. You, uh, you know how it is. You get out of college, and uh, you sell weed to school children, <laughs> and then uh, you try pimping, and, uh, oh, wait a minute. That was iced tea. Th- that was iced tea I was thinking of. Uh, uh, I was, uh, I sold steak and seafood door-to-door out of the back of a pickup truck. For a company called Boston Gourmet. Really? Yeah. A portable uh, freezer on the back of the pickup truck with a block of dry ice. I've seen those guys. Yes. And to this day, I can't believe I haven't written a show about the experiences I had doing that. It it was friggin' unbelievable. I did that for a couple years, and I was good at it. The guy, my boss, made me a manager. And uh, can you confirm something for me? Yeah, is the is the story every time? Hey, these are the extra ones. No, and uh, I, you know, my boss isn't. I can sell these for basically any price. I just need to cover blah blah blah. No, we were a little more. That was already people already knew that song and dance. We I just li- saw it two years ago. Yeah, no, we were more. Uh, we a little. We we were a little more. You know, we had shirts and 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 name tags, and <laughs> it wasn't a freezer plan. It wasn't that professional. But it was it was more like uh, yeah, it was just coming from your neighbor. You, you look at the name on the mailbox up the street. Just coming from Mrs. Johnson, uh-huh. your neighbor up the street. Right. And, yeah. And uh, and I was actually good at it. I'd I'd bring in all the shit. I can still remember some of the pitches. You know, this is uh, <laughs> chicken teriyaki marinated in uh, white wine and brown sugar and blah blah. This is a uh, Campeche Bay Gulf shrimp from the Gulf of Mexico. What was oh the chicken cordon bleu stuffed with Canadian ham and. Uh, Stuck with stuff with Canadian ham and, and uh, fucking Swiss cheese. What you want to do is you can either bake this at 350 for 25 minutes or put it in the microwave for six to seven minutes. Put it over a bed of uh, white rice. Light a couple candles, glass of white wine. Your wife will think she died and went to fucking heaven. Should I pack it or should you? <laughs> that was my pitch. Yeah, you're planning the whole dinner for them. And they, and it was. It was unbelievable. I met women. I met housewives. Yeah. Looking back on it, I had a girl like an idiot. I could have been banging these hot housewives. They would call me back. Some of these housewives would call me back like a week. You're supposed to come back like six months later, right? Yeah. They'd call me back the next week. And I'd come back, and, and it'd be like the woman and like three of her friends sitting at the what? kitchen table what? watching me. Yeah, I was kind of pretty, pretty boy, you know. <laughs> and uh, Steak man. And then Meat there was, man. Yeah, exactly. Steak man. <laughs> Uh, you like a good. St- we we had these ex. We had two guys that were ex. They were uh, Vietnam vets. They were you know they were fucking hard drinking Vietnam vets with yeah. head, but they were great salesmen. This guy John Hickey. He used to just go. He'd knock on the door. Per- per- person would open the door and he'd go. Do you like a good steak? Before they would even answer, he'd start heading to the truck to get the. St- <laughs> 
And then I'd, I'd go into a small business and I'd open these boxes up. I'd have 20 boxes open, steak, shrimp, everything. Chicken, yeah. quote, unquote. Lobster tails. Lobster tails, crab, thermidor, all the shit spread out. And all the boss would come in. Like, like, say, like at a uh, real estate office, yeah. us in the mean boss. Get that shit the fuck out of here. Get out of here with that shit. <laughs> I'd have to pack up all this shit. We got commerce going on in here. No, exactly. Yeah. And and it was it was really, it, I, I got to write a show about you it. You should. Because my boss was only a couple years older than me, this guy Danny Walenti. We don't know his real name. Mm-hmm. He's driving a $100,000 Porsche. Oh, yeah. And um, it was just so interesting because we met at a building Downstairs, like an unfinished, uh, it's where the walk-in freezer was, where they kept the food. Yeah. You'd go in there, and a lady at the desk would take your order, and, you, you know, I need 12. Sh- you'd replace what you sold the day right, before, right. Right? right? And then upstairs was a beautiful finished office where we'd have business meetings. Like So it was a combination of Glen Gary, Glen Ross, if you're familiar with that uh-huh. movie, and, and the show Taxi. It was a combination <laughs> of the two. It, it really was. We'd have sales meetings. And, 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 you know, whoever sold the most uh, boxes that week, eh, my, you know, the bo- my boss would say, you know, <laughs> he'd say it's, uh, you know, the, the, whoever gets that gets a uh, either $500 bonus or, uh, you know, a new stereo. or But it was really like cocaine or some shit. That <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he had a condo in Ipswich, Massachusetts, which is about 30 miles north of where our offices were outside uh-huh. of Boston. And on the weekends, on Friday night, we... They'd literally him and his partner would race their Porsches to Ipswich to see who could get to the condo pass. Literally, I mean, ah, and and the uh, party, and and it'd be a party for the whole company. Yeah, and we'll get up there, and there'll be chicks and fucking drugs, and and it was the most fun time. I feel like I feel like uh, Henry Hill. It was a glorious time. <laughs> It really was. I mean, I was banging some chick that lived in an ex condo. He introduced me. It was fucking and 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 selling. Uh, I remember a cop tried to kick me out. Is young, handsome black cop, Peabody, Massachusetts, and uh, he goes, "What are you doing? You have a permit?" Uh, and I didn't have a permit, you know. Right. He goes, "You got to get out of here." And I uh, and I go like this: "I go, do you like pork chops?" <laughs> Honest to God, that's how much confidence I had at the time. Wow. He goes, "Yeah, I like pork chops." He goes, "Let me." He goes, "Let me see those." He he actually opened the box himself, and they were beautiful. Our pork chops were beautiful. Okay. I mean, beautiful. I go, look, I'll give you these at my cost if you let me stay like another hour. No. He took them. No. He took them. And I charged him like $10 over cost. <laughs> like a real grease ball that I am. Yeah. But he took the chops. They were so beautiful. And he goes, okay, I'm giving you an, giving you an hour. And there's another couple uh, in the same town, an old Italian couple. As soon as I pulled up, the guy would go to his liquor cabinet. He'd invite me in and go to his liquor cabinet and start drinking like Jameson or whatever the whiskey was. Yeah. And just get shit-faced, and him and his wife would start fighting. It was the same routine every time I went there. I'd go back like every couple months to them. And then they would, he would buy everything on my truck. He'd write me a check for like $1,250. Damn. Yeah. And I, and I would go home with a smile on my face, half drunk. And um, what a, I mean, looking back on it, what a job I had. Yeah. It was uh, crazy. But it's a, such a turnover. You get burnt out so. I was so burnt out at the end. I would get lost in a neighborhood. Right, because I went all over New England. Mm-hmm. Went to Connecticut, and, uh, all over. We were located in Boston, but we would be in Vermont. I mean, every, anywhere you. Every, and I, I was so burnt out. I got lost when I was. I remember I was in Connecticut. I, I, I couldn't even ask people for directions. I didn't want to talk to anybody. 
I was lost for like 25 minutes. My and there was no GPS, probably. Nothing. Not, not nothing. Then. And I wouldn't ask anybody. Yeah. You get burnt out. You don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> the best the best story, though, I was when I first started with the company, this guy, Dean Graber, was the guy that was going to train me. So he'd take me out, uh-huh. and I'd watch him do the job, right? So we hit it off pretty good. He was going to be you, but he quit. And he told he lived, he was from Long Island. He, he, his parents thought he was going to like law school, but he had quit to do this meat job because he was making a ton of money. They thought he was still going to school. He didn't have the balls to tell his parents. Wow. Do you remember uh, Ken Griffey Sr.? Of course. When he played for the Mets. Mm-hmm. He had just signed the biggest contract ever in baseball at that point. Okay. That Dean Graber sold his wife a bunch of food, Ken Griffey's wife. And he marked each box up like $50, knowing that he, they were that rich. Yeah. So he hadn't gone back there in a year. So I'm out training with him, and he's like, I don't know if we should go to Griffey's house. I mean, she's either going to shoot me or call the cops. He goes, I whacked her like $55 a box, and she took like 30 boxes. You know, he made like a ton of money. So we sat in the, in the neighborhood fucking trying to get the balls up, whether we should knock on the door again. For Ken Griffey Sr.'s house. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Friday afternoon. We were sitting out in the neighborhood, you know, for like 40 minutes. And, we, and he goes, fuck it, let's do it. Junior wasn't out there like tossing balls against the steps or you anything, know, was he? not funny? That is a great question. How old Junior was in, uh, I'm talking 1985, 86. God, he must have been just a kid. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. It's a great question. Anyways, we, you know. I see Dean. I stay in the truck. Dean goes up there, rings the doorbell, and he's looking at me like this. And all of a sudden, the door opens, and it's, it's, it's Griffey's wife. She goes, it's the meat man. Come on in. She was so happy to what? see him. Get out the checkbook. Yeah, he goes, Nick, bring the shit in. We brought in all the fucking boxes. She took she took all the boxes, wrote us a check without even blinking, and, uh, and, and gave us tickets to the Mets game the next day. They were nice. playing on national TV. And, uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. And then we sp- we sp- we blew all that money at a strip club. All the extra dough. We did. We fucking we blew it on all kinds of shit. We ended up having to like fucking run a toll booth on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's what I did before. And then I had a job uh, at a marketing company, marketing uh, you know new inventions. Would people have an idea for new inventions? Oh wow. Just kind of a fly by night organization. But uh, that's when I started doing comedy. Like 88, 87, or 80. I think 87. Spring of 87 when I started doing open mics. When they say there was an 80s boom of of comedy, yeah. that would be it then. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in Boston. Yeah. People were moving from other parts of the country. You know, Bobcat Goldway, Janine Garoppolo, Kevin Meany, they all came up to live in Boston and do comedy. Yeah. That's how hot it was. And um, it really was a boom. And me and Louie, we, but we didn't know there was a boom. We thought this is how it is. I I worked over 300 nights my first year. 300 nights. Yeah. Every restaurant and pub, not just in Massachusetts and Connecticut, all of New England, every restaurant and pub had a comedy night. And my my manager, Barry Katz, was the one booking all those rooms. It was unbelievable. Wow. So, I mean, after a year, I had about 45. I had enough material to close a, you know, I'm sure it wasn't good material, but it was enough to close a room. Yeah. To, to close, you know, some of them were all buckets of blood and. <laughs> but I got a reputation to be able to handle rough rooms, you know. And yeah. and uh, on a Friday night, I'd be at a place called Frank's, uh, Frank's Mexican Restaurant in, in, in what is it, in, you know, Shrewsbury, Mass. And I'd get like 250 or 300 cash to close that show. And on the way home from there, I'd stop off at a place in Framingham and close that show. 
So I'm coming home with six fifty in cash. Yeah. I've been doing comedy about eighteen months. And all of a sudden, it's I started making more than I was at my day job. Yeah. So I mean, I was so lucky. Once in my life, I was in the right place. I, you know, at the right time. Was Marin around then? At that he time, he just came back. Yeah, Marin had just come back. He was in rehab or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> he hadn't done comedy in a few years. And one of my first gigs, we talked about. I called into Marin's podcast. Was at a place called Captain Nick's in a Gunkwit, Maine. Uh, it's a seafood restaurant. Right? Gunkwit sounds beautiful. Yeah, it, no, it really is. I it's bet a, it is. It's it a big gay like hangout it. now. But uh, Captain Nick's was the name of the place, and um, he was all nervous. He was like opening for me, Marin. He hadn't done comedy in years. It was like his first gig back. Wow. And, you know, he was all nervous. He did like 15 minutes, and, of course, it was funny. And, uh, you know, then I closed or whatever the fuck. But, and we still bring that up, you know. That seems to me like five years ago, not 25 or whatever. You know what I mean? Isn't that amazing? It's frightening. So, uh, yeah, Captain Nick's, I think it was called a gunkwit. And uh, one of those towns on the coast. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. And then, uh, so on a Monday night, I'd be at, you know, a place in Maine doing comedy. Tuesday night, I'd be at a ski lodge in Burlington, Vermont. Wednesday night, I might be back in the city at Stitches or Nick's Comedy Club. Thursday night, I might be doing a college. Where are you living now? I'm in Westchester, New York, about 35 miles north of New York City in the woods. Have you ever done the L.A. thing? Yeah, I lived out there for four and a half years. Okay. From like 95 to 99. Oh. It was all right. I was doing a little bit of TV, you know, Grace Under Fire. Brett, her managers, we had the same managers, and Brett loved me, so she threw me on that show for a few episodes. And I can't, you know, like six or seven episodes. And uh, I got to do a news radio with Joe Rogan. and, and um, Nice. Yeah, and uh, a couple other shows like Walk on Things. But I wasn't really digging flying out of L.A. and... Uh, but my wife was out there at the time. She was my girlfriend at the time. Oh, okay. She made a bear ball on the weekends. Would take off to Santa Barbara or San Diego. You yeah. Know? But uh, didn't really dig to seeing them. Then Chris Rock called because I had done a couple sketches because Louie was writing for Chris Rock at the time. Right. And every time they wanted a, somebody to play a cop, Louie would say, get Nick DiPaoli. looks just like a cop. <laughs> and they'd fly me in from L.A. to be a cop. And then I was at the end of my ropes. I wasn't doing any TV and, and I hated L.A. And the phone rings and it's Chris Rock show. Saying we're starting a show on HBO. Chris wants you to be one of the writers. They had they had already done a few seasons actually, and and Louis had put a name, you know, my name in. Yeah. And Chris knew who I was from New York. And uh, yeah, so he called out of the blue and says, "I want." You to, so I had a reason to move back to New York. Oh, I left my girlfriend in L.A. She loved L.A. She had like a day job, and I go, "Okay," but I'm going back to New York. And she goes, "Oh, you know," and she she stayed out there like another year or two. And, it, and you stayed together? She yeah, she'd fly back. Yeah, that's how it works. She was doing whatever she was doing. I was doing what I was doing. <laughs> of course, she was doing nothing, she tells me. <laughs> You've never spoken about it. Yeah, no, exactly. It's the missing year. No, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it worked out pretty good. Um, Chris Rock. I'm on stage in Pittsburgh one night. This is before I started writing for Chris. I'm at, like, the funny bone of Pittsburgh. And I'm on stage. It's a Friday night, and somebody hands me a note about five minutes into the my act, the second show. It hands me the note, and it says, bring up Chris Rock. The manager hands me, I go, what, bring up Chris Why is he even in, I look over in the corner, he's standing in the corner of the club in Pittsburgh. I'm like, what the fuck? I know him a little bit at that time. And I go, I go to the manager first, I go, am I still getting paid for this set? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. <laughs> so I bring Chris up, yeah. and then Chris takes me out to a strip club after the show, and, and, and tells me about the HBO show, and that's, and that's when he uh, called, uh, you know. So uh, that's, yeah, that's how I really met Chris. DePaulo! <laughs> 
<laughs> what a great job that was. My favorite job. Really? Oh, it was so fun. He, he's such a loose dude, you know? Yeah. And when he'd just come in, it would be 85 degrees out. He'd go, you know, fuck, let's go to the Yankees game. He'd take the whole office of the Yankees game. Big, a- Big Mama's House. Remember that movie? Yeah. Well, the sequel came out, and Chris saw it by himself like the night before and thought it was so bad. He 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 came into the office and he goes, "We're all going to see Big Mama's." What? Yeah, he makes us all go over to this theater, right? He he, he goes, "You gotta see this! You gotta see this!" We all we go over. It's Martin Lawrence, right? yes. Yeah, and we're sitting there, and we, he was waiting for this scene that he thought was so bad. He just wanted us to see it as writers. It was a scene of, like Martin Lawrence is on the toilet cutting farts, and okay. I haven't just, seen. It was just <laughs> so we, we you know the scene comes up like twenty minutes into the movie, right? So we watch the scene and right. Right when the scene ends, Chris goes, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he just wanted us to see how bad this scene was. So we all muggle march around wow. the theater, 15 writers. After 20 minutes into the movie, we all go back to work. Talk about a Hollywood thing to do right there. Oh, that's right. You know, he's a Chris is a good guy, man. He's a, Love it. We Boy, did we have fun on that show. God. God damn. Well, now we just doubled our time, Nick. There you go, brother. Thank you very much. You got it. I hope it, uh, you know. I hope it helps you. Good I, luck with your, your job interview. Uh, thank, thank you, sir. Uh, what There was something I wrote down I wanted to say at the end here. What was I going to say? Oh, no, I think we already covered it. Never mind. Yeah. We already covered it. NickTip.com. Got another census killing filmed right here, right on the stage we're sitting on right now. And uh, Now that you've been coming back the last couple of years, does this yeah. mean people can look forward to you coming back? You know. Oh, yeah. 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 Next year, year after? Absolutely. Good. Unless I get too big for you guys. <laughs> no, I love, this place, these crowds have been so good to me, and the city's been good to me. So I did the Pantages a few years ago. Yeah. Lewis put me in the Pantages, and then I sold about 1,000 tickets. And then, you know, I went back a little too soon, did about half that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think I could do it again, actually. I mean, there's places, these shows this weekend are almost sold out, yeah. all of them. Yeah, good crowd last night. I was it was here. fucking yeah. great. Uh-huh. That wasn't a sellout, was it? Let's say it was. Okay. It's pretty close. It was damn close. Because I didn't see any empty seats. Yeah. Uh, oh, I want to say one more thing. Those, um, there, there were the two gals sitting on the side of the stage last Yes. Night. And you were uh, you kept addressing the one because she had her she feet kept, on the stage. I, I hate that. <laughs> Did, but but it, it dawned on me how stupid. I was laying in bed this morning thinking, what are you, an idiot? Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, this girl is a blonde girl. She, probably the hottest, she was the hottest chick in here. You know, and and I'm married. I'm not going to do anything. But she's with the, her, her. They were two hot blonde girls. They yeah. had to be in their twenties. Yeah, probably. And one of them's got her foot on the stage, and uh, it just fucking. I hate when people make themselves at home. But but the fact, you know, if that was like you know when I was single or 15 years ago, I would have said, "Go ahead, put your fucking, put your thigh on the stage. I don't give a <laughs> shit." But I start yelling at her to yeah. take her foot off the stage. Can you imagine? That's a fucking old guy. Instead of going, man, make a baby bang this <laughs> right. guy. But <laughs> at one point, you brought over the uh, mic stand and, and I slammed, slammed it, down. <laughs> scared the shit out of her. And then after the show, I'm selling my uh, CDs back. They they threw the first ones out and they didn't even stop. Oh, I go, ladies, I was only kidding. Uh. <laughs> they, look, they look like they were mad at me. <laughs> what an idiot I am! <laughs> yeah, they were cute. Minnesota They're, cute. Yeah, definitely. Couple blondes. Minnesota classics. Exactly. Vikings. Vikings. Well, um. Bad luck to your uh, Boston Red Sox this year. Yeah. And good luck to my twins. I think by the time people are listening to this, they'll be 0-4. Yeah, they're going to be tough yeah. um, this year. Mm-hmm. Red Sox have a ton of offense. If they get any pitching at all, they got a scary lineup. I got uh, Clay Buckholtz on my fantasy team. I'm hoping nice he does going, something. man. He yeah. had nine Ks the first. Yeah. 
and uh, the offense. We got this guy, Bo- all these young guys, Bogarts and this guy, uh, Mookie Betts. Yeah, I what mean, a name. Mookie Betts, he looks like he weighs 150 pounds soaking wet, but he's got, like, unbelievable hand speed. Somebody tried, Cole Hamels tried to throw a fastball inside on him. He took him fucking way deep. And then Hanley Ramirez had two homers, and Pedroia is healthy again. Yeah, I got Pedroia too. Do you? He two, hit, you know, he hit two gomers the first two homers on right? opening day. I know. Yeah. So uh, oh, yeah. they could be scary if they uh-huh. get any pitching uh, at all. So Bocholtz, we'll see if he can stay healthy. I hope he know? does. I could have a financial uh, Exa- win in that. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's do it, Nick. This Justin, has been great, man. Thank, thank you. you very much. You got it. Thank you.